Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
this know that our faith is secure as we put it in you. But Lord, as Christians, help us to do our part in supporting the way that you need to support the help the people there and the suffering that's going on. We pray, Lord, for the lives that have been lost, those that have been taken, for those that have gone. We just pray that the hard choice of believing by faith and having the people believe their people become victims of the Lord, we pray for Rosalie this morning for her recovery and good for her health. And then we just remember this morning for all of your families to pray for that family to know that uh, they are being called on to pray for them. All the things going on in our church, we just pray. Thanks, Lord, for the offering this morning. Let it be to your glory and your honor and your praise, Jesus, as we seek to serve you. All these things we give to Jesus in your holy name.
sermon, uh, at least in that chapter. You can hear, hear a whole stuff in the presence of the stuff that, that God does. Take your Bible and open to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. We've been in uh, a real short series. We come to the conclusion of that today uh, from Ephesians 5, just a few verses of that uh, chapter that Paul is writing talking to us about being imitators of God. He says in verse 1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. He says to them in verse uh, chapter 1 that they are in Ephesus, but they are also in Christ. And then he begins to go through this letter to the Ephesians, what all that means, the new life that they live, the unity that they have, uh, the oneness of Christ, and just several different things. But he says because of those things, you're to be imitators of God. And then he, he highlights three things that uh, we've been looking at of what it means to be an imitator of God. One is to walk in love, he says in verse 2. And then he says there in verse 9, to walk as children of the light. In verse 8, uh, to walk as children of the light, to walk in the light. And then in verse 15, we're going to be at this uh, morning, he says, don't walk as unwise, but wise. Let's read verses 15 through verse 21 together. And Paul says, Now look therefore, or look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. By the way, I think that's a pretty good commentary on today. We're living in evil days, are we not? Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In 2019, life will be in because it was uh, in August of that year that we became uh, grandparents. First time grandparents have been for two and a half, almost three years. And uh, I can tell you, it's, it's the most wonderful thing that you could ever uh, have given to you by way of blessing to be a grandparent. Because you get to, you get to have the joy of a child without all the responsibilities of that child. Now, although there are some grandparents, because of life circumstances, uh, you might find yourself in a little bit different circumstances, but still being a grandparent is a wonderful thing. But the thing that I think for us that's been kind of fun and exciting is to watch Kaylee, our daughter, experience all the first in her life with our granddaughter, May. And, uh, you know, we, we would every week, month or so, as we talk to her off and on, uh, just to kind of see where May's at, you know. Uh, May took her first bite of food, you know, with the baby food, you know. And then uh, May began to, to roll over, and then she began to get up on all fours, and, and uh, you know, then she's pulling off. And then it came that time where May is take steps and prove by holding on to the furniture. And before we do it, she was 
all of these were first, but boom, we'd already been through all that with the world deal, and so we've got to do that process and enjoy seeing all that happen. Uh, and of course, now we're laughing, Bailey's like, I don't know who this little person is, but she won't stop asking questions. The other day, what Wama, or what Wama, and so she picks her up from daycare, and she talks her head on. Man, Tiggle was talking to Katie last time. She was getting off work uh, at the hospital, and she was going home. And she said, Boy, said, I don't know how much longer I can take this uh, weekend stuff that you do. She's wore me out. And she said, I've played every game I know. She's asked every question under the sun. I'm tired, Katie. you got to get home. But anyway, all of that's first for them. But one of the things that you have to teach your kids and your grandkids is how to. Walk carefully in life that you don't hurt yourself, that you don't do damage. And so they're teaching our granddaughter, they're teaching their daughter wisdom. Well, that's what Paul's talking about here. That's a good illustration because we're what babes in Christ when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We start that walk with Christ as he's been talking about, and then we want to what? Walk in a way that we can grow in Christ and the way that we can be honoring to Christ. And also, bless our lives in the way that we walk. And so we walk, listen, in love, and we walk in life. And then you might say, if you want to match them all up, we walk in the learning of wisdom. That's what it means to be an imitator of God. C.S. Lewis, and I saw something the other day that looked really interesting. Uh, there's a new movie that's coming out, by the way, on the life of C.S. Lewis. You know who C.S. Lewis is? That great uh, Christian writer wrote Mere Christianity and, and, and several other works he's often quoted. Uh, but uh, I'm really interested to see uh, his life story uh, on, on the, uh, the movie screen. But he said this in his book, Mere Christianity. I want you to listen to what he said. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof, and so on. You know that the job needs to be done, and so that's not surprising. But presently, he starts knocking down the house uh, about in a way that hurts, abominably. It does not seem to make any sense in what he's doing. What on earth is he up to? Well, the explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. He's throwing out the new wing here. He's putting an extra floor in there, running up towers there, making a courtyard there. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he instead is building a palace. For you see, he intends to come and live in it himself. I thought that was pretty good. We don't realize it, but that's what God's doing, isn't it? In our lives. And sometimes when God goes to work in our life, it can be a little painful, and we can feel uh, uh, that dramatic changing effect in our life of what God is doing. But just keep in mind, He's not come just to make a little dwelling place, a little cottage. He's actually come to make a palace for Him to reside and dwell into His glory and for our glory. When God comes in uh, to live in our house, well, we begin to give what? Increasing attention to our lives, increasing urgency to our lives, because we want to be what? An imitator of God. 
Well, someone said this, to walk in love, to walk in light, to walk in that learning or that wisdom. Uh, someone said life with God is like living in a construction zone in the middle of the world. Well, maybe that's kind of how you feel as you think about your life being played out, lived out, and experienced with God. But the good news is, and God makes it clear in His Word, that He is truly doing something beautiful in our life. And it's with that great hope that one day we're going to be in a much better position in our life than who we are as a forever person that we are today. is when. And the question is, uh, to the glory of God, if you reject God, of course, you live separate from God, and you don't get to live for His glory the way that you were created and designed to do so. But if you know God, and you trust in Christ, and you, you, you've given your heart to Him, God says, look, you're a work in progress. You're learning to walk with God. You're learning to walk in love. You're learning to walk in that wisdom. And you're becoming something greater than you can Listen, you're going to be so recreated one day that in the heavenlies, the Bible tells us that we will be identified with Christ. People will look at us and, and, and all they will see is Christ in us. Isn't that a wonderful thought? But while we're learning to do these things, Paul says that we are living in this world, in this emphasis. And we have to be reminded that we walk among unbelievers. Paul says about the unbelievers, he says, they walk in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, in the futility of their mind. They walk a different walk. Their walk is not a walk of love and wisdom or love. And so Paul says, if you're going to be an imitator of God, walk in these ways. What I want us this morning to think about what it means to walk in wisdom. And what we read in verses 15 through verse 21, Paul outlines at least four things that I think are real simple. Uh, it's not a long message today. Real simple about how to walk in the light of what it means. So number one, here it is. It is a diligent walk. Look at verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So he calls upon the church, he calls upon Christians to think about how you're walking, how your life is being lived out, how you walk. Look carefully, observe it, give Acute attention to it. Pay attention to the details. Uh, one writer of this particular verse I was reading had uh, used an illustration. I thought it was a great illustration, but it's one that I think we can all visualize uh, and, and truly understand. And uh, it's the idea of walking on a tightrope. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I was 55 years old, but the older I get, climbed up a ladder here in the uh, sanctuary not long ago. I could not change out my skyline. And I got up there and I couldn't let go of the ladder. And, and my legs were shaking. And I was hugging the ladder. I wasn't really sure I could get down. And I thought, I have no business whatsoever changing a life on a ladder like that. Now, God had already forewarned me about that anyway because I changed out the bug. Scaffolding, and I never could. I got up there, but I couldn't stand up. 
I'm happy to hear that some look to have a shaky and kind of look. But I'm, I'm not going to say anything to point fingers about who that might be. But anyway, I mean, hearts don't go with you. Now, the idea of, 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 of stepping out on a platform, walking, you know, between two buildings or two sheer cliffs, I could not imagine. I, I don't even like pictures now of people that are standing in tall places, or, you know, uh, pinnacles or something. I'm thinking, get that on your career. But I will promise you, if I were to have to, for my life, you know, to, to if I were being forced out to, to, to snakes or something on a tiger, I would be paying careful attention to each step I make and making sure that they are. But dear friend, that's the way we're to live our Christian life. That's what Paul is saying here. Let me give you some verses to keep in mind. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You know, we, we watched the news play out this week with what Russia is doing. Well, uh, Vladimir Putin is doing there uh, in Ukraine. And, and, you know, but building up in the weeks before that, the people were what? They were being very critical. They were, they were giving close attention to what was happening at their border. And, and they were preparing and they were, they were, they were watchful. Folks, that's the way we are to live our life, knowing that the devil's on our border, on our life, looking to invade our life, looking to come in and, and destroy whatever it is he can destroy. Let me give you another verse. It, it isn't just what Satan would do to us to destroy our life and get us messed up. It's what we do to ourselves. James says in James 1, verse 16, that each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed us by his own desire. You know, sometimes we mess up our own lives. And, and we, we need to understand what our temptations are, what our lusts are, what our, our, our failures are, what our weaknesses are. And so walking with attention, walking, the Bible says, wise, not as... Uh, another way of thinking of that is walking not as fools. We're not to walk like the world around us. The world around us stumbles in the darkness. The world around us lives in a depraved condition. And, and I think sometimes we condemn the world, and rightfully so, but sometimes we need to understand that the world is just doing what the world knows to do because it's it doesn't know the things of God. It doesn't know the truth of God. It doesn't know the goodness of God. And, and so as Christians, it's important that we live and walk in wisdom, that the world can understand, oh, this is the better way. We're not blind. We've been redeemed. We've been made alive. We've been given the Spirit. We've been given the life. We've been given the love of God. And we're to walk differently. And every step is to be very diligent in its progression. Number two, a wise walk is a discerning walk. Look verse 16. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. The Lord says uh, we are to be redeeming the time. That's really the, the language that's used here making the best use of time to redeem the time. That word redeeming is a word that means to 
buy up or to deliver from loss. It would be, uh, in that culture, in that day, it would be the idea of purchasing someone who was a slave in order to set them free and allow them to live a life that's free. And the word time there doesn't speak of the time clock. It doesn't speak of minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. Uh, it, it, it really is a word that speaks of what a measure allotment of time might be. Uh, you know, I think that when I was thinking about that, the best illustration of that word time there is the, is the idea of the dash. You know what I'm talking about? Of the two stone? The date you're born, the dash, and the date you die. You know what you're going to do? The most important thing is what? That matters. How did you live your life? What choice did you make in life? Because that dash determines what comes after that second day. You don't have any say in that first day. That's God's good grace. And, and I think it's God's good grace for the second day. But whatever the first day or the second day may be, God says we are to live responsibly in that nation. Paul would say, walk in wisdom. This is redeeming the time, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Because you need to be a witness. Because God needs you to be a witness. And so there, there's a discernment of this word. Now, number three, it is a definite walk. Look at verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Uh, I like what one commentator said about this verse. He gave his uh, transliteration. He said, uh, don't run around to the world like a hen. <laughs> Pretty good advice. But we need to understand that we're here to live to God's glory. That's the purpose of our life. We're to live here to live to the will of the Lord. And, you know, my kids will tell you this, that both me and Pamela have said to them, as they move down in their life, whatever it is that you do, do the will of God. Look for God's will in your life. Be in the center of God's will. Be patient upon God. Wait for God to open doors and and close doors and and to show you what He wants. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, They'll call or I'll talk to them or whatever, and they'll have something they really want. Maybe like too long ago, uh, Kelly was telling us about some, some stuff that she wanted to do. She's finished uh, her uh, nurse practitioner's degree. She's transitioning from being a nurse to, to a nurse practitioner. And uh, you know, she's anxious to get on with that part of her life. And, and, and uh, she's anxious. And I said, honey, God's got a will for you. God's got a plan. Just be patient. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. And then the other day, she, she texted me and said, Hey, I had some good news. It looks like things are beginning to move. And, and, and so then she called and I was there. And she said, I know, Dad. I know. God's got a will. God's got a plan. Be patient. And uh, listen, it hasn't changed, even though some good things have happened to me. And, and that's the way it is for, for all of us. We, we just have to find the will of the Lord. But it is a definite will. We don't always find ourselves where we want to be, but we find ourselves moving 
the Spirit works in your life, right? Number one, when you come to Christ, whether you came to Christ as a little boy or girl, whether you came as a young person or a teenager, or an adult or an older adult, whenever you came to Christ, at that moment, the Spirit of God sealed you, covered your life, came into your heart, never to leave you nor forsake you. You cannot do anything to take yourself off the hand of God. You are sealed. You are kept, all right, by God. You are in God. You are for God. If you are a child of God, you're saved and saved forever. All right? The Spirit of God has sealed you. But the Spirit of God also is to fill you every day. Now, that's a new process of you. Now, have you ever had a, a point in your life where maybe you felt closer to God? God was more real to you. Uh, the things of God moved upon you. The things were just, just more connected with God. Well, it's probably in those moments that the Spirit had filled your life. You see, when we got sin come in our life, that kind of pushes out the Spirit in our life in the sense of His filling. And we can quench the Spirit that's work in our life. Uh, we can sadden the Spirit in our life. And, and, and sometimes we just kind of run on empty. You ever run on empty? I mean, you ever you know, get so busy working, you forgot to, to get lunch? And you find yourself, what, later on during the day, out of energy because you skipped lunch because you were so busy working? And you think, oh, I've got to get a snack, I've got to get something, I've got to get some more energy. A lot of Christians out there trying to live the Christian life because, what, they're running on empty. They've not spent any time in God's Word. They've not spent any time in prayer. They haven't spent any time in worship. They haven't spent any time with other Christians in their life. And I don't understand why life has been so hard for Christians. Well, guess what? You're running on empty. You need the filling of the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit is a daily thing. That's why I encourage you every morning, get up, spend time with God. You get up and, 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 and connect with Him. Let me ask you this question. Do you want God to bless you tonight? Do you want God to bless you and your family tonight? You say, absolutely. Well, let me ask you, what are you willing to do to see that not happen? How about spending 5, 10, 15 minutes with God? I promise you, 5 minutes every morning will change your life if you'll commit to it. And trust me when I say, I understand there are mornings you don't have that. And in my journal, and in my time where I journal, the Lord, there are plenty of mornings where I write back, not that I talk to you today. I'm really not in the mood. And most of the times when, when it's that case, by the end of the journal, I'm like, Lord, I'm glad I did because I feel better now. And things are, you, you've helped stroke some stuff out. You know what I'm saying? But I want you to understand it, 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 is, it is a spiritual. It's also a, a, a walk that involves singing the song of the walk of wisdom. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, get on some good Christian music. And we are really blessed today to have the availability of Christian music the way that we have. I mean, you you can listen to almost any any Christian music you want, whether it's Southern gospel or or contemporary old hymn. You can get on the internet, you can put it on your iPod, you can do almost anything. I can't say the lick can play any instrument. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've begged. They won't give me a t shirt for the praise band. Uh, but I can't work the radio. 
said, sit on that button. And I particularly play it when Brian starts his whistle. You know, I, I just crank it up. But I've often found that it's in that singing and that music that I listen to, my spirit is up and my soul is up. That's what we're here for. There's a satisfaction in walking in this wisdom. Give thanks always for all things to God. The satisfaction speaks of that kind of do the things he did. I get it. Life is hard. Times are hard. Things get us down. But every day there's a reason to give thanks. I don't know who did it. I've seen several people post it on Facebook. Um, somebody had posted this thing to pass along and said, you know, today I'm going to give thanks because I'm not ready for the whistle that was shown on me. You know, I complain about my hard life here in America, but really when I look around the world, I want to tell you, there, there's not a person in this congregation in my life listening in the United States that should have a reason to be thankful. Folks, folks try to move heaven and earth and do whatever they can to get into this country. Why? Because I do believe we're the greatest country on this planet. We've been that blessed. We ought to look thankful. That's what it means. Submit in the way. Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. This means, listen, be putting other people first. It, it means not looking out for your little life, but looking out for the other guy. Someone said a long time ago, if you want to have a joy in your life, here's how you do it. How do you spell joy? J-O-Y. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And you know what? I have found that that really does work. That when I put Jesus first and others second, then I submit to myself last. What we said a few weeks ago with Jesus washing the feet, humble myself to be a servant, as Jesus came to be a servant. That's when real joy gets in the world. That's when the spirit gets in the life. That's when purpose gets in the life. That's when meaning gets in the life. That's when clarity gets in the life. That's when peace gets in the life. I want to ask you this morning as we close. Are you imitating God in your life? Do you walk in love? Do you walk in the light? Or do you walk in the wisdom? Heavenly Father, perhaps someone this morning says, I'm not imitating you the way that I ought to be imitating you. Living to your glory, your honor, your kingdom, and to your purpose in my life. I'm not loved like an auto love. I'm not living in the life of the truth that I ought to live. And I'm not living in the warmth and wisdom as I should. But Lord, the good news is, just as a child can, can change his ways and, and, and learn a different path and do better, we as Christians can. We're a work in progress. And Lord, perhaps maybe there's a wall that's been knocked down in my heart, a wound that's been added in my heart in the spirit. And Lord, you're showing us the things that you want to improve. Maybe someone here today just needs to come to give their heart to Jesus to, to be a Christian.
Someone today is listening, someone's here today, and they're not saved, but today my offering, my prayer, is that they can come and give their, their heart to you. Maybe someone's a Christian here today, Lord, and the need is just a refocus, a refocus on the thing of Christian. Whatever it is that God you only want us to do today, bring the glory to our honor and to your name, Jesus. Let your will be done. We're going to stand and sing. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you, and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do, if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you, and God loves you, and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.